welcome back everyone. This is episode 3 of I'm Fighting in Thailand, the first in our four-part series on sponsorship. Today we'll be talking to professional Muay Thai athlete and fighter Yolanda Schmidt. First up, some news. I just want to say thank you for all the positive reviews and feedback. Uh, altogether, this show has gotten about 550 unique downloads. A lot of people left glowing reviews, including Jeff Quares of Triumph Combat Sports Promotions, Marcy Maxwell of the USMF, James Lucas, Frido of Knockmoy Legends, Rudy Ah of Smash, and Mel Pitas, Joel Estevez of Sitan Jim, Aziz Nabir of Sitan Jim, and my long-term friend Mike Wong. Um, so, of course, all these positive reviews are super helpful for rankings and just for support. If you want to leave a review, make sure to do that. You can click on iTunes, leave a review there. Also, share and subscribe to the podcast wherever you can. You can follow me on social media on my Instagram, MattLucasBKK. Also, shout out to one of my main supporters, Patrick Rivera, for his help in getting the podcast going. And, of course, to Jeff Dohelio, who is still going strong with his GoFundMe. The GoFundMe will support his IFMA documentary. He plans on coming out next month to Bangkok, doing a bunch of work out here. So that should be really great. I, Jeff made the beats for the show so i really appreciate that uh upcoming ydl events include june 20th to the 23rd the ydl nationals will be held in des moines iowa as part of the tba world expo in august in san antonio texas and also in august the 16th to the 18th in Willow. So this is, again, the first in the four-part series on sponsorship. We'll be asking questions about sponsorship. What is it exactly? What does it mean to be sponsored? What do you get and what do you give for being sponsored? How can we support fighters more through sponsorships? Other sports have sponsorships. Why don't Muay Thai fighters? And how can we maximize the sponsorships that we have? In this episode, we'll be looking at an athlete. And again, I've invited pro Muay Thai fighter Yolanda Schmidt to come talk. Yolanda fights out of Sydney, Australia, of PTJ, down there with Andrew Parnham. She first had her first bout in 2013. She had no intention originally of fighting. She got into MMA and Jiu-Jitsu. She hurt her shoulder and still wanted to be active and competitive. Uh, she has a background in dance, doing very well in Irish step dancing specifically. Uh, she went to the World Championships in Glasgow, Scotland. Uh, during the day, she works as a PE teacher, teaching personal development and health, sex ed, mental health. Uh, she also does private training at PTJ along with her fight career. She's had roughly 46 bouts with some pretty significant wins. She won the Muay Thai Angels Tournament back in 2017 at 57 kilos. She met Natalie Morgan from the USA there, beat Nam Turn, 
Kilmeny and a few others. She's also been matched up with Amin Barlow, who is very, very celebrated, and Alma Junico, who will be fighting Stamp coming up uh, on Friday, a few days after this podcast will be released. We talk about that later as well. She's recently switched to K1 to stay busy and has had two fights in China. Uh, most recently, though, she's had a hamstring injury, so has been out. Uh, she's raising funds for her recovery, and I will leave the GoFundMe for that in the notes. So without further ado, the interview with Yolanda Schmidt. This is I'm Fighting in Thailand. Make stronger fighters, make stronger people. Uh, thank you, Yolanda, for coming on the show today. I'm very excited to talk to you. You're way out in Sydney, correct? Correct. Thank you so much for having me on. I am really excited to have this chat. So how was your day today? Really busy, really rainy and cold out here, mm-hmm. but a fantastic and a productive day. So oh, time <laughs> to put my feet up. <laughs> well, hopefully it will dry up sometime soon. Um, in the meantime, why don't we get into the brunt of the our conversation for today? Uh, we're talking about sponsorship. You have four different sponsors. I was just curious how you got each sponsor. You've had... Uh, your first two sponsors for about four years. How did those come across? How did you initially get into it? Sponsorship is one of the hardest things that any athlete has to deal with. And it takes a lot of determination and planning. So when I first started looking for sponsors, I didn't know how to go about it. You know, I went, I went through emails and I would email people and constantly just get rejected. Uh, but perseverance as you know, diligence and, and drive is my middle name. So uh, with Rock Tape, after I'd probably gone through about 12 applications for different sponsors, when I came across Rock Tape, I knew it was something that, one, I really needed. Mm-hmm. Two, I really believed in. So it wasn't just I want to use their stuff. I honestly believe in their stuff. So I had to make sure that, my values and their values, my needs and their needs were aligned. Um, With them, there was an application process and it wasn't just about me going, hey, can you sponsor me and them going yes or no. There was a a process where I had to create a post, like an example post of what I would do if I was a Rock Tape sponsored athlete. And they're very much about getting eyes to their product, but they're not about you posting going, hey, I got free stuff from Rock Tape. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not what they're like. So um, the, the next step was then passing. We had a questionnaire to fill out first. Once you got through that stage, then you had to create a post. And then if you passed that stage, then you went through to the shortlist. Um, and then, yeah, I literally ran down the road screaming when I got an email saying, congratulations, you have become a rock tape rock star. It was honestly the greatest feeling because not only do I use their product, now it wasn't costing me anything. And then I could further develop my knowledge and understanding by having access to their resources, uh, emailing their physios to get any advice for taping, and then also attending taping courses or uh, any of their other rock tape courses that had available. 
And so that was for Roxy. And then for Fighter Alias, they actually found me, mm-hmm. which is really nice because it, it means that they've been following me on social media. They contacted me saying that they would like me to be an ambassador for their their clothing range. And being in America was a little bit difficult because my followers generally at the start of my career were all in Australia. So for them to then purchase anything from them would be quite difficult. And most of the time when you're getting a sponsor, that's kind of the expectation that most sponsors want you to be a salesperson. But being in a different country, I couldn't be that. I actually physically can't be someone who's going to sell a product that's in a different country. People aren't going to purchase that. They have to pay for shipping. So um, our relationship was a little bit different. We would share each other's businesses via other social media avenues and just support each other on different levels wherever we could and offering what we can. And, yeah, they've, they've had my back since day dot. Uh, one of my fights in Thailand, when I was living in Thailand for a bit, they actually sponsored my fight, my flight to mm-hmm. get to Hua Hin when I fought Plaifa. And oh. without them, I would have had to have driven from Chiang Mai down to um, Hua Hin. So they saved me a heck of a lot. And, you know, it's little <laughs> things like that that make the big difference. Yeah, for those that are infam- unfamiliar, that's what, maybe a 14-hour drive, maybe even 20 it's quite yes. far. It's, it's physically taxing. So for yeah. me to have driven that far for a fight, I felt I would have been exhausted by the time I got there, mm-hmm. weighed in, and then I had to fight. So, um, yeah, that was a big help. And then um, how did you obtain the other two, MMA Roadhog and Sentai Remedial? Sentai Remedial, I used to use them on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. They are the best massage therapists for fighters, I would say, because they treat a lot of fighters, so they know which muscles are hurting when you're training. And he's both Sin and his wife Rose are really, really, uh, I guess, observant. So when they're feeling through the body, they can tell you which muscles hurt. So I used to utilize them weekly, and I, I guess, because I was constantly using their their services, and and they saw potential in in me as a fighter. And as I guess as an athlete, so about a year and a half ago, they then said to me, "Look, we we want to take our relationship to the next level. Mm-hmm. Let's sit down." So we sat down, myself, my manager, and them, and we sat down and we worked out what I could offer them, what they could offer me, and you know, they have been great with it. I, I offer them uh, PT sessions if they want it. Mm-hmm. I, I offer to do any kind of uh, team building with mm-hmm. their, their staff as well. And then in return, I get massage from them, which is great. And then I try and boost their business if they have any specials and, and share it on my social media. And again, that comes back down to I'm not giving a shout out to a company or a person that I don't believe in. I'm giving a shout out because I honestly believe they are the best. Mm-hmm. So for me to go go and see these guys, have a massage, it's coming from the heart. It's, it's real. It's true. So um, that's another thing. If you are looking for sponsors, you really need to make sure that whoever it is that you're going to align yourself with, um, you're 100% invested in, in their line of, of work. Mm-hmm. And, and then MMA Roadhog, mm-hmm. oh, funny enough, I don't use Twitter much or I never used to. 
because it is more American than anywhere else. But on Twitter, I have a couple of people I used to follow and I would like and retweet their things. And um, MMA Roadhog was one of them. He was a proud sponsor, or he is a proud sponsor, of female martial artists. Mm -hmm. So he would always be posting about female martial artists. So I would always be liking and and reposting. And um, we just kind of started building that really good relationship where it was a, a, a backwards and forwards. He would share my things. I would share his things. And eventually then, you know, he also came up to me and, and had that conversation and said, look, let's have a look. I'd, I'd like to, to sponsor you. And I thought, that's amazing. It's really, really hard. And knowing I had and still am trying to get sponsors and constantly getting knocked back, it's it's challenging. Yeah, I've done um, with Vicky Saunders, mm-hmm. and I've read her book as well. And she's amazing at trying to get you to understand your value and what you can bring to sponsors so that you can go through the process of being successful at gaining sponsorship. But it's hard work. It's not just five minutes work. You've got to do research and you've really got to put the work in in order to, to go and get those sponsors. And I believe that's how I, I maintained Rock Tape. And I would like to, to maintain one more this year if I can, but that means I need to sit down and focus. Yeah. And do my homework. Um, as a side note, uh, Vicki Saunders and Charlotte Woods uh, have an athlete branding company where they're basically consultants. Uh, one of the books is The Athlete Brand. Um, I've also read it. She, uh, I've known Vicki for a year or two now, um, so I follow along with her. But it seems like most of your sponsorships you got because you were basically using their product or services already, you were basically a loyal customer and then it changed Correct. into a business relationship. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a, it's a good thing. You need, you need to be like wanting to use their product. Otherwise I'm not going to go and line myself with a product that I wouldn't really use because then I'm going to be faking that I want to use this product. Yeah. It makes sense. Do you, what is your relationship with PTJ like? Would you consider that a sponsorship or do you feel like that is a different situation? I would say, you know, we've been on this road together for six years now and I would say there's some level of sponsorship there, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do pay for private training sessions, uh, but, but the amount of time and effort and, and work that goes in to me as a fighter, I feel like they are a sponsor to me, mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, I assume, and you teach classes there now as well? I do. Um, I am one of the trainers here, which mm-hmm. is great. So overall, um, I would say this is my second home and my family. Mm-hmm. And if I have to name sponsors... I'm definitely going to add PCJ Andrew Parnham mm-hmm. as a sponsor on that list. Yeah. What do you think you do that makes you appealing to companies that might want to sponsor you? I'm real. Mm-hmm. I'm honest. Uh, I'm out there, and I, I have, I have a voice, and I feel like people listen mm-hmm. because I'm real and I'm, I'm, I'm not fake, I mm-hmm. guess, and. I guess everyone who is involved with me knows that I'm an all or nothing kind of girl. Mm-hmm. So you're either going to get all of me or you're going to get nothing. Nothing. So 
if if you're going to invest in me, I'm going to invest in you, and I won't do it half-heartedly. Mm-hmm. So you'll you'll get the full package, and I think that that is really important when it comes to sponsorships is being able to give yourself to that sponsor and make sure that you can commit 100%, and I can commit 100%, and I think that is a very good attribute to have with any sponsor. Yeah, for sure. Have you encountered any roadblocks in uh, retaining your sponsorships or having maybe differences of opinions or sort of just stumbling points? Um, yeah, I I did have a sponsor, a, a nutrition sponsor before, and then the company changed owners. So then the relationship I had, I realized the relationship I had wasn't with the company. It was actually with the owner. So when the owner changed, everything changed. And uh, we eventually had to part ways because we, we just didn't have the same values and morals anymore. And it, it's really sad to see that a relationship that was working so well, and I thought it was working so well because of the company, and it wasn't, it was all just down to the rapport that you have with one person. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we don't have that, that sponsor anymore. Um, pretty much based on the fact that there's a lack of communication. Mm-hmm. And if, if you're not willing to keep those lines of communication open and it's all one-sided, which it was on my side, um, I wasn't able to communicate with them because they, I guess they, they just didn't, didn't care mm-hmm. or sponsors or they're, they're sponsored athletes. Um, so they didn't take their relationship seriously and therefore we couldn't grow together. Mm-hmm. Do you, so you've talked a bit about your values and some of your morals. Do you feel like that's sort of your image and how does that affect your sponsorships? I feel like you are a brand mm-hmm. and the brand you portray would be aligned with another brand. There is going to be a brand that will have those same values or, um, underlying morals and you can't align yourself unless you have the same thing. So when you go out looking for sponsors, that's one of the biggest things you need to do is research them, research and see what do they stand for? What's important to them? Uh, are there any campaigns that they stand for? Is it the same as you? What do they value? Uh, what are they passionate about? Are they passionate about mental health? Are they passionate about, uh, uh, person development, are they passionate about youth? You know, you got to find a sponsor who has something similar to you and therefore you can make that connection. It's really important. And I feel at this stage of my career, I'm able to, to be that voice and I'm able to show people who and what I am mm-hmm. and therefore hopefully attracting sponsors who have similar values and attributes mm-hmm. that we can then align with. Do you feel it was easier to get subsequent sponsors after you had landed the first one or two? There was a long, a long time between the first two and the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel once you are a sponsored person, it is easier to then get other sponsors. But it was also really important to remember that it's definitely not about quantity, it's about quality. So I'd much rather have less sponsors but mm-hmm. quality relationships than numerous sponsors and 
I guess, mediocre relationships. Mm-hmm. Why do you personally feel you have sponsors and some other athletes don't? Because I know, at least in America, there's a lot of fighters and not a lot of sponsored fighters. There's a few things. One, companies are really scared to sponsor. Mm -hmm. I think they're scared to sponsor because they don't know how to sponsor. Mm -hmm. They, They don't know what's in it for them. They don't know what they can get back from it. And... I feel like perhaps fighters or any athletes in general are not approaching those sponsors with the right package. When you're approaching a sponsor, you have to have a profile or a portfolio ready to go, just highlighting what you can offer that company. And if you don't know what you can offer that company, then don't don't approach the company until you know. You have to be there 100% backing yourself and knowing that you are – valuable and that Mm -hmm. you can give the company more than what they have at the moment so i feel like if if fighters or athletes just do a little bit of research and soul searching about themselves and then a little bit of research about the company and contact the right people in that company Mm -hmm. it'll be a little bit easier and that's what i've learned over the the years with with chats with vicky and the two books of hers that i've read is that you really need to do your homework you need to research and each portfolio has to be specifically designed for the company you're approaching. And the worst way to approach a company is via email. Most of us would do that. That's what I did in the beginning too, is that email, and it would never end up in the hands of the right person. Mm-hmm. It just gets put into junk mail or passed on, and no one ever reads it. So you need to make verbal contact and get into contact with the right person. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, there's no chance. Um. I've definitely found that to be the case. A lot of people are always emailing, especially on Instagram for sponsorship through Fairtex. And a lot of people just, you know, write one word sentence, sponsor me, give me stuff. And that's about it. It seems that not really adding any value. What do you feel like you offer your sponsors? Well, the fact is we've got a a relationship, a really good one. I'm constantly emailing my sponsors to let them know updates. Mm-hmm. Like I've got these fights coming up. I've been training this hard or I've been training like this. Even now with my recovery, I'm sending them updates going, okay, well, I've just had my doctor's appointment. This is what's happened. They're constantly involved in my life. Mm-hmm. They always know what's happening. They also know that they have various different options for me as an athlete. One, I can be a brand ambassador mm-hmm. by not advertising their things on, on social media, but by using their things. So I'm not advertising going, look, use rock tape, but I'm bringing eyes to their product because I actually am using it. So it's on me. I'm not advertising it, but you can see it on me. I don't have to tell you I'm using it because you can see it. Mm-hmm. Um, I can offer variety of things like public speaking, mm-hmm. team building, PT sessions, uh, team building is one of the biggest things that I think is, is something that you can utilize as an athlete mm-hmm. and it's most under, underutilized thing. Mm-hmm. It's doing team building things and activities, public speaking, any of their infomercials or commercials that they might do filming for, you are there as, as a person that can be used in their filming mm-hmm. without them having to pay. Um, what I do for rock tape is I write for them. So I'm a journalist on their website they give me a topic that they would like written and then I'll start writing for them. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing. You just need to find 
what it is you're good at and what you can give them. Do you think that people need to meet a certain criteria in order to get sponsorships or do they just need to have sort of that soul searching and sense of purpose and value? I really believe it's just backing yourself, having that, that sense of purpose and value and just owning it, owning it, knowing that you can offer something to someone. I can go up and become a public speaker for someone on mental health. It doesn't even have to be about the product that they're selling, but I can be a motivational speaker and most people can because if you're an athlete, you have gone through quite a lot to get where you are. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of hurdles that you've gone through. So, so sharing your story can be a way for you to assist sponsors and I just feel like too many of us don't back ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then I guess moving a little different into a different direction, where do you think are the most sponsorship opportunities for fighters and people in your position? Well, the easiest ones to get are supplement stores mm -hmm. or gear, like training gear. Mm -hmm. Um, but you can't have five supplement sponsors and five training gear sponsors. Yeah. You know, that you can only have one of them. And that's hard. And there's also only so many free things that you can get. So mm -hmm. the hardest thing is if you have a, a supplement store as a sponsor, they generally expect you to be a salesperson for them. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to lie, but I'm not a qualified salesperson. I can bring eyes to your product, but I can't actually sell it. I'm not a salesperson. So that makes it really hard. And I find that those ones are the easier ones around. People go, oh, yeah, I'll give you a couple of things and you sell my products. Mm -hmm. mm, I can't. I actually physically can't because that's where your relationships get broken because you're not meeting the criteria at the end of the month. by going, oh, you haven't sold X amount of dollars worth of product. So sorry, but you can't be a sponsored athlete. So those ones are the easiest ones to get, but they're the hardest ones to maintain. Mm -hmm. So it, it's definitely about finding or making sure that you have those open conversations about what it is that your expectations are of your sponsor and what your sponsor's expectations are of you because sometimes it's just not going to be viable. Mm -hmm. uh, do you think that it is easier for you or harder for you because of, say, your stance on domestic abuse? I know you do the Orange Day every month, and then also your gender. Do you feel like men have an easier time getting sponsorships than women, maybe people in Australia versus Americans? Do you feel like demographics matters at all? Um, I, I wouldn't say I myself have had any experience like that. I wouldn't mm -hmm. say that my gender has played a role in whether or not I do or don't gain uh, a sponsorship. I feel it's more the sport I'm I'm a part of, mm -hmm. not really gender or geographic location, uh, but sports that are in the media or get more coverage will generally, those athletes are easier to sponsor because of the fact that the businesses that sponsor them know that they will get more screen time or, you know, coverage for their brand, whereas Muay Thai, for example, it's not a televised event every time. It's only live streamed now and then or pay-per-view now and then. But, for example, if I was a rugby player or a soccer player, that's going to be televised every time I play. Mm -hmm. So 
responses are more likely to go that route. And that comes back down to, again, sponsors don't understand sponsoring and athletes. They don't understand what they can gain from it. Mm -hmm. They simply see it as placing a logo on someone and there you go. That's the only way you can sponsor someone. Mm -hmm. Um, they, They don't see all the other things they can actually gain from an athlete. Totally makes sense. Do you feel, though, that you have an audience um, and you've built that as part of your sponsorship? Or are you more focused on sort of the qualitative things that you can offer your sponsor? Well, I feel like the audience I have is I've got a variety. I, I don't think I have a specific audience. I wouldn't say I have a young audience or an older audience. I also wouldn't say I only have martial artist fans mm-hmm. as an audience. So um, people are following me, I would say, based on things I post, my motivational strategies, and here and there just a, a good fight photo as well. Mm-hmm. And I feel that gaining sponsors and gaining followers that's two different things because my sponsors wouldn't come towards me because I've got X amount of followers because some sponsors have a criteria of how many followers you need to have before they will sponsor you, mm-hmm. um, which is really sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was this, a nutrition company that I contacted for sponsorship and then their uh, response to me was when you have 30,000 followers across your platforms and social media, contact contact us again and I thought wow okay mm-hmm. I'm never gonna get that so <laughs> I can get that if I pay it you know right. pay people to follow me but that's an authentic so then what is my sponsor gonna gain from that nothing yeah I mean it, I think it comes back to some of your values of wanting more qualitative interactions and also if you have 30k followers that company is more looking for a salesperson than necessarily a, a well-rounded, you know, brand ambassador. Hundred percent, and I'm most definitely not a salesperson. Never have been, and I never will be. <laughs> um, I'm I'm out there to make quality contribution to someone's life. Doesn't matter whose life it can be, but I'm definitely not there to force someone to purchase anything. Um, if you were to give someone a few uh, ideas or steps in order to gain sponsorship, what would be one or two easy things to get them going? The first thing is just to dot point down the things that you can offer someone and really think about it, be creative. You know, there's a lot more that you can offer a sponsor than putting their logo on your shorts when you fight or posting something up on social media. You just got to get creative with what you can do. So once you can start thinking outside of the box and network, network with people who already have sponsors and just get their, their input because sometimes they can give you ideas that you didn't even think of. Um, athletes, uh, Vicky Saunders has a group on Facebook as well, which is really good for people to join in that are looking to get sponsors because they can have a chat and brainstorm and bounce ideas off of each other and, that's probably one of the best places to be to start. And that will give you your confidence. You need confidence before you can approach a sponsor. You need to be confident in yourself. And if you don't have that, sponsor's not going to look at you twice. Uh, we've mentioned Vicki Saunders a couple times already. I'm going to leave links and then I'm going to 
uh, chase up the Facebook group as well. I'm also a part of that. Um, so I'll definitely add that to our notes. Uh, in terms of sponsorship, was there anything else that you would have wanted to talk to them about that we haven't talked about? Thinking off the top of my head, uh, I guess what I would really just say is you don't necessarily have to look for sponsors within your sporting field. So don't be afraid to contact people of smaller companies that have got nothing to do with sport because they might be a small company that needs to grow. You might be an athlete that's just starting that needs to grow and you can grow together. Uh, it's, it's a good opportunity for both of you and it doesn't matter that they're not part of a sporting background. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So that was some really great information about sponsorship, especially because I feel it's a, um, it's not discussed amongst Muay Thai athletes as much as it should be. Fighters need sponsors and need to get a leg up in the game. It's very, very difficult, I feel, to be by yourself and fund yourself through it. Would you agree with that? So expensive to be an athlete and no one really sees that. And sponsors help you live your dream. Mm-hmm. You know, they help take the pressure off of you so that you can focus a bit more intensely on your training, a bit more intensely on your fight camps, on, I mean, let, let's see, the, the kinds of things that you're paying as an athlete, regardless of what athlete you are, but as a fighter, I've got my, my nutrition, so that's nutritionist plus the food I'm putting in, plus my supplements, and I don't mean supplements like protein, I'm meaning omega-3, uh, vitamin tablets, magnesium, calcium, glucosamine, L-glutamine, all those things to keep my bones and my muscles healthy throughout training. Then you've got your weights training, so you're going to be paying your weights gym. Then you've got your normal gym training. If you do any PTs there, you're going to pay those those trainers. Then you still have your training gear. There's just so many extra things. Your recovery, perhaps you're using uh, massage, physio, acupuncture, etc., as your recovery strategies, I've recently started cryotherapy as well. Those mm-hmm. are all really expensive. Mm-hmm. So if you have to think of keeping my vehicle, which is my body, in running order, I've got to send it for services. It's got to be nu- – nutrition's got to be good. My services got to be good. And I can't be running on low all the time. So it costs you so much money. And if, uh, if you have sponsors to assist in those little – aspects then you can just start focusing a little bit more on what it is that you need to do and then you can get the job done awesome um so next i want to talk about uh upcoming fight so uh we i do a segment called pick a fight and this time we will be talking about uh stamp fairtex versus alma juniku uh you have fought alma twice uh one once in Queensland, and then the other time where? In Queensland, Brisbane. Brisbane. Um, and how were those two fights? I know I watched the Queensland fight. The first one? Yeah. Wait, was the Queensland? I guess you would know better than me. Which bow was first, Queensland or Brisbane? Well, they were both in the same venue. Mm-hmm. So oh, oh. same same promotion, same promoter, mm-hmm. who is Elma's trainer. Um, 
a good promotion and um, they were a year apart. So it was early Feb last year and early Feb this year. Mm-hmm. So fight one, fight two. Um, no disrespect whatsoever to Elma. She is a brilliant fighter and she's explosive. She's dynamic. And I feel like it was a great fight for the audience. It was mm-hmm. from the word go, there was action throughout all yeah. five rounds. Um, the first fight, I felt like it was a split decision win, but I do feel like it was more than a split decision win, mm-hmm. especially when I rewatched the fight because she turned her back a lot in the clinch. Yeah. And I feel like coming from a Thai or a more cultural background when it comes to our style, That's turning your back terrible. in the clinch is seen as unfavorable. Yeah. You know, it's showing a sign of weakness. You're, you're, you're giving your back, you're giving up in the clinch. Mm-hmm. And um, so I felt like a lot of the time she did that in the first fight. She was really quick which is interesting, and she moved a lot. Mm -hmm. So she's really good on her feet, and her ring craft is great. Round two, as in second fight, um, I would say I got cut in the first round, and I feel like the judges were possibly judging on blood. Mm -hmm. And, yes, I do understand that they do judge on damage to the body, but I can tell you now the cut wasn't a big cut. It was just bleeding a lot. Right. So – on the eye, of course, it's going to bleed. I'm blinking every time I blink, it's bleeding. So that was in the first round, but I feel like I got stronger as each round went, it's particularly round four and five. Right. I think I threw maybe seven unanswered knees mm-hmm. in a row, and um, that was a bit confusing to me. I, I would say she won first round, definitely. Second could have gone either way. Third could have gone either way, but I feel fourth and fifth was mine. Yeah, and I lost it. So. Yeah, I remember watching that second fight, and I actually didn't remember the decision because I think I stopped it before someone's hand was, raised and I just thought, "Oh, Yolanda took it." It was pretty clear, especially with all the damage in the clinch you did. What do you think is going to happen with this Stamp versus Alma fight? Look. Alma doesn't give up. She will keep coming forward and she'll keep coming forward. And I feel like Stamp needs to be switched on and make sure that she doesn't crumble. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think she's faced an opponent like Alma before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's probably going to push her. One of two things will happen. Either Stamp will not back down and it will be an explosive fight, much like myself and Alma's fight was like a constant back and forth, back and forth, or the pressure will be too much and sample back down. Mm-hmm. That's generally what Elma will do is she'll pressure you. So I guess it just can, can stamp withstand it. Mm-hmm. In my mind at the moment, I'm, I'm feeling that Elma's going to take the win. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I actually disagree with you. I think stamp is strong enough. I don't, I think Elma is very good and very talented, um, but I think because of her inability to clinch, uh, she's just going to get outworked by Stamp. Yeah, Stamp does have a really good clinch if she doesn't get knocked by those uh, punches and elbows on the way in. 
It's also worth noticing, or they're wearing the small MMA gloves for this. So do you think that will be an impact on this? I do, because Elman's got really good boxing. Mm-hmm. So you Yes, so those punches are going to land, they're going to land good. Yeah. Um, and they will do damage. So your pick for this one is Alma. I'll have to stay with Stamp, I think. We'll see what happens, though. Stamp is great. She's, oh, I would, I would love to, to, to jump in there with Stamp. Mm-hmm. Can you get down to 52 kilos or 52 and a half? We've done 53. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if we've done 52 and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Um, for Arafura, it's the same day wins. And I did, I was at 54 for that one. And mm-hmm. they're all same day wins. And I weighed in three times in a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I wouldn't say it's too far off from, from 52 and a half. Yeah. And considering Arafura's same day wins, and, you know, that's 24 hour wins. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I don't know. Something to think about. Well, hopefully we will get back, uh, get to see you in the ring again soon. Um, and then also uh, I will put a link for your GoFundMe because you recently had the hamstring surgery as well. Um, so thank you so much for coming on the show today, Yolanda. And uh, I really appreciate you talking to us honestly about sponsorship. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I thoroughly enjoyed having that chat. Thank you very much for sharing my GoFundMe. Uh, it's a very long road and a very expensive road, so any sharing and any donations would be greatly appreciated um, to assist me getting back into the ring because I'm already itching to fight. That wraps up our conversation with Yolanda Schmidt, the first in our four-part series about sponsorship. I want to thank Rock Tape, Fighters Alias, MMA Roadhog, and Sintai Remedial Massage for sponsoring Yolanda and really letting us know and develop sponsorship ideas. Without your support, Yolanda definitely wouldn't have made it as far as she's gotten. And I think through your support, you're also helping other fighters. It seems like Yolanda's values and expectations really aligned with the companies that she works with. She stated quite clearly she's not good at sales and that some sponsors expect sales. Yolanda gives them other things. She doesn't just offer a logo to be placed on her. It's She's built a relationship between herself herself as an athlete and as a business and these other businesses. A lot of people don't understand that when you're in a competitive sport, that sport is usually fueled by money. Like it or not, you have to understand the economics of the situation and your brand. It's also worth noting that Yolanda already had existing relationships with her sponsors. That's essentially how she got started. She was a regular customer with Sintai Remedial. She liked and retweeted Roadhog MMA. She was sharing and active on uh, social media. For Fighters Alias, her general brand and sort of presence attracted them to her. And for Rock Tape, she even writes for them. She gives them a lot of value. So it's sponsorship is never a one-way situation. It's not a one-way street. Um, I think it's also worth noting that 
to some degree, he is absolutely sponsored by PTJ. The amount of work that a gym puts into an athlete is usually not met back monetarily. Uh, there's other things that they can get out of the athlete. Uh, like Yolanda said, she teaches at the gym. She helps out. She's a mentor there. The other things that she has offers to her other sponsorships, PT sessions, team building, brand ambassador, public speakings, and of course, the very easy but important sharing social media around. Uh, lastly, we talked about Vicky Saunders a little bit. Uh, Vicky Saunders is with the Sponsorships Consultants. She's written two books along with her co-author, Charlotte Woods, uh, Sponsorship for Athletes and The Ultimate Guide to Sponsoring Athletes. Uh, there's also a very active Facebook group, uh, the Athlete Sponsorship Hubs, and Vicki Saunders does have a podcast. Uh, so definitely check that out. Definitely check out Yolanda's sponsors as well. Um, and I will put a link to Yolanda's GoFundMe on this as well. Uh, she recently had hamstring surgery and is coming back itching to fight. So again, just some great information here. You really have to work at it to get these sponsorships. It's absolutely imperative to get these sponsorships for athletes too because athletes and fighters cannot do it on their own. If you'd like to hear more about Yolanda, you can tune into some other podcasts. Episode 45 of Closure Optional in which Yolanda talks about her domestic abuse campaigns and also a really great overall biography of Yolanda uh, with Enter the Double Dragon podcast. That is also episode 45. If you want, you can also check her out on her social media. She's on Instagram as Landa underscore YOLO, L-A-N-D-A underscore Y-O-L-O. And then she has a Facebook page, athlete page, Yolanda Springbok Schmidt. So make sure to check that out. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hopefully I brought you some really great information today. Uh, please subscribe and share. If you have a comment or want to give feedback, that's great. Leave a review on iTunes or other platforms. Myself, I'm on social media on IG, Instagram at MattLucasBKK. Thanks so much for tuning in. This has been episode three, part one of our four-part series on sponsorship. This is I'm Fighting in Thailand. Make stronger fighters, make stronger people.